I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 172 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Today, I will be joined by former Navy SEAL and longtime podcaster David Rutherford. He hosts the Team Never Quit podcast alongside teammate Marcus Luttrell, who is a former guest of the show here. You can catch my interview with the lone survivor who joined me with his wife, Melanie, back on episode 128 of First Class Fatherhood. David Rutherford is also a motivational speaker who founded Frog Logic, and of course, he is a first class father as well, so please stick around for the interview. Next week is going to be another incredible week of fresh content coming at you. It's going to be another five banger. Monday, former NFL first round draft pick Jason Babin will be here. Tuesday, we're going to have our interview with the real estate empire maker, Grant Cardone. Wednesday is going to be a Warrior Wednesday podcast with Army combat veteran Jason Wood. Thursday, we're going to have actor Alexander Kane, who is currently starring in the box office smash Unplanned. He'll be dropping by on Thursday. And then next week, Friday, we're going to change it up a little bit. Instead of a Frogman Friday, I'm going to be joined by MMA fighter Eric Anders, who is fighting Khalil Roundtree in UFC 236 on April 13th. So I'm going to have the interview with him the day before. So that's going to be exciting. I know many of you dads out there will be watching the fights next Saturday. So this will be a cool way to kind of kick off the weekend. I'll be shooting the breeze about fatherhood with one of the fighters on the main card. So let's go, dads. The celebration of fatherhood continues here. Please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace or at First Class Fatherhood for all the latest updates. I thank each and every one of you listeners out there who continue to show me support. I am working very hard to bring you the best guests possible who can provide some valuable advice as we all navigate our way through the wonderful journey of fatherhood together. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with former Navy SEAL David Rutherford. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is a former Navy SEAL and combat veteran. He is the host of the Team Never Quit podcast. His unique high-impact and emotional style of speaking, writing, and coaching helps all types of people gain a Navy SEAL-style focus towards high performance, physically, mentally, and spiritually. It is a very big honor for me to say, David Rutherford, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. My brother, thank you so much for having me on. I'm like I was just saying... Shortly before we started, I cannot believe that you are lowering the standards of your show by having me on with such an incredible group of dudes that you've had on so far. (laughs) So thank you. All right. Humble as always. I love it. This is a true honor for me. Uh, So let's get it started like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have uh, now, now that I just recently was blessed by getting engaged, I have uh, four daughters uh, starting at 11 then eight, seven, and six. Okay, very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they all into? 
Let's see, my oldest one is just really exploring the opportunity. So she's currently playing lacrosse. This year she's played soccer. Um, uh, what else? She played volleyball, which she truly loved. Um, and then my next two, the eight and seven, are, are engaged in soccer primarily. Uh, and the, the youngest one is uh, really hasn't kind of found her way yet. She hasn't been in anything organized yet. But uh, the, And then two out of the four are into surfing, uh, my biological two, and I'm trying to get the other two. Um, and then uh, for obvious reasons, uh, you know, they – we play basketball. We play. I mean, you know, my fiance was a former uh, captain of the women's Division One uh, field hockey team uh, at University of Maine, and then I played Division One lacrosse at Penn State. So sports are a huge part of our world. Wow, that's awesome! Now, do you get in there and get involved with coaching at all with the soccer and the lacrosse, or do you kind of uh, you know enjoy it all from the sideline? I, you know, I have based on. All of my uh, uh, my friends that are much older than that have been into it for a while, I, I am making the decision to step back. Plus, with my travel schedule uh, and how much I'm on the road, you know, speaking or doing performance coaching with actual sports teams and college teams, uh, it makes it very difficult for me to be able to uh, adhere to that level of commitment. Yeah, I can understand that. All right, David, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. All right. Um, again, you know, I, I was in the SEAL teams uh, as a medic and operator instructor, uh, worked for Blackwater for several years as an international curriculum development guy and trainer. Uh, and then I worked for the CIA for four years, two years training case officers, and then two years as a high threat protection specialist. I started my company called Frog Logic Concepts in 2006 after a pretty substantial experience in my second trip to Afghanistan dealing with kids, uh, and wrote my first book in spring of 2006 for kids to help kids to teach them self-confidence in, in, in order to manage the difficulties of, of, uh, of life itself. Uh, since then, my organization has grown uh, to where I probably do anywhere from 60 to 70 speaking events a year from you know, mom and pie was just with the largest uh, pork farmers of Iowa to, you know, Wells Fargo, UBS, you name it. Um, and then I also do performance coaching. Uh, spent the last three years working with the Boston Red Sox, culminating with the World Series last year. I worked with the UPenn football team, a couple of Ivy League championships there, and then Oregon State Beavers last year in their collegiate World Series in baseball, and I'm with them again this year, and then I'm also working with the Penn State men's lacrosse team. They're currently ranked number one in the country as well. Um, and then uh, I do a, a pretty decent-sized little podcast uh, with a brother of mine, Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor who you've had on. Uh, and it's called the Team Never Quit Podcast. And uh, So the podcast is speaking. I write books for kids and adults. And then, uh, you know, social media, and that's it, man. 
Yeah, very cool. You have had an incredible journey, David. And one of the things that I, one of the many things that I admire about your community is that philosophy of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think for most men who don't serve in such a high, you know, elite level of the military, I think that for the first time we ever get forced to get comfortable being uncomfortable is true fatherhood, especially in the beginning stages of changing diapers and being up all night and everything that goes along with the, you know, a newborn. So, uh, when did you go through all this? How old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father change your perspective on life? It was substantial. Uh, for me, I was still operational, and um, I remember I was working for the agency, and I was uh, traveling overseas, and I missed most of the pregnancy. You know, she was born. Uh, 30 days later, I was back out the door for 75 days and on and off for the next basically year and a half. So initially for me, fatherhood uh, and the the concept of fatherhood was split, um, mostly with my dedication being towards, you know, working for the agency, and that took priority. Um, it wasn't until my ex was, you know, basically said, you know, stop doing it or we're done, that uh, I was home, you know, after that, starting in really January 2012. And it was really over the course of the next couple of years, we had our second child, another daughter. And that's where my frame of mind and what it meant to be a father really began to change. Um, because I, you know, I was able to, you know, keep a distance from that reality by being, you know, still in the life of carrying a gun for a living. Um, but when you're, you know, home and you're around it day in and day out, although I, I, you know, even then I was traveling a bunch with the speaking, um, you're still, it's, it's much more relative to the demands on your own psyche. And, and that's where I began to recognize that, you know, the 15 years of, of, of carrying a gun for a living and that mindset was not very conducive to being a good father. Yeah, you know, David, that's another one of those things that in the civilian world we kind of take for granted. It's another one of the major sacrifices that are being made by men and women of our military. That strain that it does have and it puts on your personal relationships with your spouse, with your kids. Um, it's another reason why I say thank you for your service and your sacrifice. Um, and now listen, with all the motivational speaking that you do around the world, how do the concepts that you speak about relate to fatherhood? Uh, pretty simple. Um, uh, so what when Frog Logic started, it started as a result of, of me wanting to help children. And initially it was kids in war zones to try and uh, be able to uh, implement some ideas that would help them maintain self-confidence in a world that was utterly dysfunctional and, and there was, wasn't a lot of out, you know, positive outlook for them. Unfortunately for me, uh, the the mindset of a, a special operations guy and the mindset of the an NGO uh, weren't too conducive, so I opted to uh, initiate trying to do work here in the country. And so, you know, in 2006, seven, and going into eight, you know, I worked with a, a little right around 7,000 kids um, in North America speaking, and then did programs, individual programs for foster care homes and you know, other groups of, of smaller groups of kids, um, it was uh, the, the main idea was self-confidence. Now, since then, Frog Logic has, has grown and evolved to where I focus on four main ideas, uh, whether I'm working with kids, I'm working with um, my, uh, 
you know, corporations, teams, whatever. And the four fundamental pillars of frog logic are learning how to embrace fear, forging your self-confidence every day in the face of the negative insurgency, living a team life, which is a comprehensive team orientation, and then living with purpose, ultimately trying to understand why am I here and, and what is my meaning. Yeah, so cool. I love what you're doing there. And now listen, in this country, we are facing a fatherless problem. I talk about all the time on the podcast here how I think that uh, there's an attack on fatherhood, just the way dads are being portrayed incorrectly in the movies and on TV. I'm not sure if you're seeing that or you know what effect you think that's having on our society. But you know what I'm curious is what are some of the differences that you've noticed about fathers and families maybe overseas as opposed to fathers over here? Um, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously my perspective on overseas culture has have been primarily in war zones or in and around, you know, uh, individuals that were part of a military, but, you know, culturally were radically different, uh, than, you know, our Judeo Christian, uh, Western societies. Uh, I, you know, so I don't, I don't, my perspective on that, I, you know, is not that good, um, uh, but I will say, you know, my perspective here, since I originally started doing research on child development in, in 2005 and six, has, um, to say the least, it's, it's, I believe that, um, we're, we're, we're definitely in a, in a moment of strain where those core values and, um, kind of moral characteristics that, have you know pre nineteen sixty five were you know the foundation of 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 all uh, most a lot of upbringing now I, I will say this that you know a lot of how you know young boys were raised or young girls were raised by their fathers back then was was dysfunctional as well too uh, in terms of the lack of emotional intelligence that was relevant, but I also think that you know there's a demasculization going on societally, uh, for, especially within the entertainment world and, and a lot of media that's being thrust down our, our, our throats, uh, that there is a concept that, hey, you know, these core values uh, that are relative to uh, uh, the, the old school paternal influence are, are under attack. Now, at what level? I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I, I think we, like all media sources, we can we can um, inflate uh, the issue. But uh, what I'm definitely seeing it in terms of the, the the biggest pieces that I see it with the kids that I still work with, and I still work with a lot of kids uh, on a regular basis, including my own. Um, I see that the resilience piece is 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 really. Um, the, the greatest challenge that our, our youth are facing. Yeah, and one of the biggest problems that go along with that, David, is this every kid gets a trophy mentality that most dads are sick and tired of, and you parlay that with this attack on masculinity, and then the child having no father figure in the home. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster, and the stats all back that up, and that's why I think it's so important for kids to have a two-parent household or at least a dad that's a big part of the kid's upbringing because, I mean, it really does take a village to raise a child. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the fundamental requirements from children, you know, from day one is, is you know, the basics, food, water, protection, clothing, and then it's it's the sense of security to explore their surroundings and environment. And then, you know, the support and knowledge and wisdom to be able to uh, 
you know, expand the, that environment as, as they get older and most especially within relationships, right? That's where all great challenges truly exist are, are cultivating healthy relationships and, and navigating relationships that are dysfunctional as a result of what other influences the, the people you choose to be friends or not friends with. Um, so, you know, I, I, what's interesting to me is really not so much um, that, you know, this is occurring, but it's occurring, people acknowledge it, and, and you know, people from our generation were acknowledging, but yet there's not a lot of people out there rogering up to be mentors. There's not a lot of people rogering up to offer their time outside of their own requirements with their own business or their own work life or their own family life to go beyond that and offer their wisdom at whatever level it is, uh, either as a coach or an actual mentor or teacher or whatever. It's just, uh, you know, I, I think I blame our generation, as a matter of fact, for just kind of the, the inability to get out there and, 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 like you said, to be uncomfortable and to offer yourself to a, a kid, you know, boy or girl, you don't even know. Okay, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Frogman David Rutherford. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, Right. But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com. Yeah, and I think it's been well documented that service to others leads to greatness and just trying to find a way to add value to the community. But I think this younger generation is struggling a bit with that because they're growing up with this social media era where it's all self-gratification. It looks good all the time. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm eating. Look what I'm wearing. And um, I I think that that whole phony Facebook lifestyle and all this technology, it's a struggle for a lot of us parents right now. So, I mean, how do you kind of handle YouTube, video games, uh, all the technology with your kids? Wait, none of none of our kids are are connected to anything uh, via technology that allows them to interact with the outside world. Our oldest just recently was able to we allowed her to participate with TikTok, um, but we have a very strict. Uh, she only can do one video a day, you know, two a day or three a day on weekends. We monitor everybody she's connected to. We monitor what they're watching, um, you know. So anything they are participating on, on via uh, app, uh, the iPad, and that's the only thing they have, um, is is you know is very kind of benign, if you will, in terms of those uh, so, you know sociological uh, requirements. Um, I, I we are beginning to see some effects of of bullying in school on a low end with one of our kids. You know, we're starting to see with our fifth grader that there's, you know, some initial adolescent crushes that are going on, which are, uh, you know, um, are 
causing, or I should say, blessing us with some wonderful dialogues. We just had one last night for about a half hour. Uh, and, and, and what, so I, we both feel very comfortable and confident with where we're at now. You know, that's not to say, uh, as they all get older and they start doing sleepovers or whatever, and they're, they go over to their friend's house who have every device known, they're on Snapchat, they're texting that, you know, things won't change. But right now we're, we're very strict on, on keeping that stuff, uh, at a distance from them. Very cool. How about discipline, David? I always love to ask dads about their discipline styles, especially you frogmen. What type of disciplinarian are you as a father, and does it change between your biological children and your fiancé's kids, which now you consider your own? Um, I, you know, I, I, I think the biggest thing for us, we're very fortunate. Um, uh, my fiancé has, has done disciplines in a very similar way that I do. Uh, so that crossover with her girls and mine, uh, has, be, has been pretty seamless. We were, you know, she comes from a family. Her parents have been together 39 years. She has, uh, three other boy, you know, uh, men, siblings. Um, and so, you know, she's from a, a little town in Maine and, you know, and, and, you know, discipline was a significant part of their upbringing. Uh, much, much more so than in mine. I, I, I got away with murder because of athletics. Um, but so I, you know, our discipline is, is if, if there's, if they don't, we, you know, we really drill down on, on manners. Um, we drill down on being respectful. We drill down on, um, uh, being accountable for your things. Uh, in yourself, you know, I inspect beds every morning or try to, um, we, you know, we have, you know, good table manners, really just drilling down on the basics. Um, and so, uh, those, those things are, um, you know, are substantial. Plus we have, you know, we have 17 rules that, you know, we've, we've created that the girls pretty much recite every time we're driving them to school. And so these, these rules are, uh, they enable the girls to kind of uh, start developing their framework. Now, I will say, you know, I'm a former Navy SEAL, so often, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lose my temper enough to where I'll raise my voice unnecessarily in a circumstance because I get frustrated. Um, we do fun disciplinary things like push-ups and air squats if they do that thing. But uh, in, in harsh discipline, we'll, you know, we'll isolate, um, uh, let them calm down, and then go in for the teaching moment afterwards. Okay, and you have been in the podcasting game for quite a long time now. You're currently hosting the Team Never Quit podcast with Marcus. I've had the honor of both you know, meeting Marcus in person and having him on the show here. Uh, what was the genesis of the Team Never Quit podcast, and what can listeners expect when they tune in? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I started podcasting in 2013, so I was in the game real early. I used to have wow. a podcast called Navy SEAL Radio that I did for two years and, and developed a pretty good following there. And then it was, you know, the Latrells had reached out to me. We were at a, a charity softball game, and, you know, Marcus really wanted to come off the road as much as he was doing and they knew I had, had been running a pretty successful show, and so they asked me to do one with them. And as I began developing the concept for it, 
uh, I, you know, it was really just keeping it uh, simple and to go along with the brand that they had created and, you know, this idea and concept about this never quit mindset. And so what I figured the easiest thing to do and, and to make it, you know, where the listener would, would be able to take away the most, um, the most uh, um, profound insights would be to just have people on from all walks of life, military to actors, politicians, CEOs, whatever, and even listeners. We have listeners that, that write in stories all the time. Come on. They share their greatest never quit story. And, you know, where it started, how they, what they learned from it, how they implement it in their lives. And that was, that was the premise. And, you know, it was crazy. It just took off within, you know, our first six months, we were nominated in 16 as uh, one of iTunes top podcasts of the year. So. Yeah, David, and I'll tell you what, I think it's incredibly beneficial to our society that the civilian world has access to the Navy SEAL community just through the books, podcasts, movies, even social media. I mean, we get this sort of intimate look at your mindsets and your philosophies, but I do understand that some of you guys take some slack for coming out of the shadows, so be it. Uh, but that may be dying down a bit as more and more of you guys are coming out with you know new projects. How was your transition with this? Did you face any kind of uh, backlash when you hit the public scene? Uh, I, mine, I, mine has always been great. I've, I've faced a couple things here and there from guys, but I, I think because, you know, people who know me and know my background, I'm not out there espousing to be some, you know, profound, uh, you know, operator that has 450 missions like Rob and I, certainly didn't have any part or anything to do with bin Laden and no, I don't have a lone survivor story. So I didn't focus on any of that stuff. Um, and I'm, and I've always been very clear to say, Hey, uh, you know, what I'm doing is I've extrapolated the things that I believe are common across, uh, all planes of the human condition. And that are things that can be implemented in anybody's life. Um, and which with a little bit of, uh, uh, insight and dedication that they can, you know, give themselves the greatest opportunity to, to, you know, face difficult situations and persevere. And that's why I called it frog logic. Um, I, you know, I started with kids. So that certainly, you know, softened the blows, so to speak. Cause, you know, I've been out there doing it since 06, which is, you know, a lot longer than most other, other guys have been doing it. Um, so I think for me, um, and, and I think the insight people have, have been mostly, you know, I'd say 95% supportive of me and how I do it. Plus, I, you know, I, 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 I just, if, if people are doing it in a positive way, then, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. And it, it, what, what gets me is when the infighting starts and, you know, people start tearing each other down for no reason at all. And, you know, people are always think. you know, the, the one thing you always hear is people are proselytizing the trident and trying to get ahead. And, you know, I, I've never thought of myself as doing I certainly use my trident to open the door. But once I get in, man, all these concepts, all the ideas are, are you know, it's my own opinion. And, uh, you know, hopefully people understand that and, 
You know, I'm not out there saying, oh, this guy's an idiot because he he's, only, he's only done this and he's never done that. I, that's just not me. So I think people, for the most part, have been uh, open and warm and supportive to what I'm doing, which I'm very, very grateful for, as you know, uh, to, to, you know, one, to earn the respect of your community and then to keep it long term is, uh, is a privilege and an honor. Well said. And if it was up to me, I've said this before, I would make it mandatory that every SEAL, once they come out of the teams, should have to write their autobiography just because I think it does benefit so many people. Uh, but all right, you've had so many accomplishments. You've got a lot going on right now. What's next for David Rutherford here? I know you've got a fiance. Any more kids in the future for you? What kind of goals or plans do you have? Yeah, I mean, my, my number one priority is over the next uh, several years is is really to get to a point where I can be much more involved in my kids' lives. You know, like I said, I, I'm on the road a tremendous amount. I've been on the road almost six straight weeks now. Um, and, you know, that that's challenging. I, 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 I carry with me a profound amount of guilt um, about missing a lot of things in their lives. So my main focus is to figure out how to, streamline my business uh, in a way where I can generate some revenue, you know, and, and I don't have to leave. Uh, so whether that, you know, whatever creative process that I need to adjust, and I am adjusting that I think uh, I'm going to do that. I, you know, I still love working uh, with teams. I, I really enjoy that. Um, you know, I'm going to absolutely continue podcasting. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, but the big one for me is time with my family. That really matters most to me. Uh, and I'm, you know, they're all in that very critical age, those very critical transitions from, you know, child development to young adolescent. And as you already referenced the need and necessity to have a father, a significant father figure in, in the picture is profound. Uh, and so I'm I'm going to adhere to to that that requirement and that blessing and, and make decisions accordingly. Awesome. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, David. I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about to be dad who's out there listening? Um, the number one thing is is uh, patience. Um, and I don't, you know, and I, I I I'm very similar to you. I. Every time I meet somebody who's a dad who I believe, you know, seems like they're squared away in terms of their moral focus and compass and their value system, you know, I always say, what's the best advice you can give me being a dad? And the overwhelming uh, answer across all planes, whether it's their newborn or, you know, their teenagers or college or, you know, whenever, uh, they're becoming parents themselves is, you know, don't be afraid of patience. Uh, and to recognize that, you know, the that a human being, although we're the most advanced species on the planet and we're capable of, you know, unimaginary, miraculous things, uh, it, it, it takes uh, about 36 years to get a good foundation for a person. <laughs> and so be patient. Learn patience as fast as possible. Uh, and and just and and recognize that uh, this is a, a the longest uh, most rewarding uh, thing you'll ever participate in, you know, much more rewarding than 
being a frogman or working for the agency or being a speaker. There's no greater uh, feeling of success or accomplishment I feel when I see uh, any one of my girls um, shine, and, and most especially when they shine as, as good, decent human beings. That's, that's my goal. Yeah, right on. Well said. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, you are a first-class father. Thank you for your service. And David Rutherford, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. And and God bless you and what you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, I think the uh, compiling this many many fathers and this much great information is going to be invaluable in so many ways. So I, I wish you all the best, brother. Thank you for that, David. It means a lot. All right, guys, I'm going to be right back here with some closing thoughts in just a second. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to David Rutherford for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. I got to tell you, I get the opportunity to speak with so many dads from all walks of life here. I mean, I've been talking to Super Bowl MVPs, Hall of Famers, A-list actors and entrepreneurs, but it is these Navy SEAL interviews that I cherish the most. It's such an honor that I get a chance to speak to these guys. So uh, please hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in, guys. I gave you the list at the top of the show there. It's going to be a five banger next week. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to stay up to date with all the changes to the schedule. That's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoy your weekend out there with your kids. Baseball season is in full swing now. And if you're going to take your kids to the game, don't forget SeatGeek. Use that code first class at the checkout. Save $20 on your tickets. All right. Uh, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers, we are first-class fathers.